Hello, and welcome back to Scribbles and Scribes with Lena and Asia. I'm Lena. I'm Asia. This is the podcast where we go through books and we rate and review them and let you know our thoughts on everything. What are you currently reading, Asia? I am currently reading uh, The Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrell, which, let me tell you, is not what I was expecting when I first picked it up. Oh, yeah? Um, it's... I was expecting something a bit more fun and light, and it's it's definitely not about that. No, it's... not yet, anyway. <laughs> um, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And what else am I reading? I am reading The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Oh yeah. By B. Shop. I think I mentioned that last week. Yeah. Um, I'm still reading it. It's like it's like my reward reading for reading everything else that I'm supposed to read. Yeah. <laughs> Even though this is on our supposed to read list. It is, but it's like lower down yeah, on the list. It's in a few weeks. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not coming up right away. So it's like, we got time. Yeah. Like, I might need to read this book because it is a, it's a pretty thick book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it actually. Nice. I mean, I have To Sleep in a Sea of Stars, but that's just kind of like an ongoing thing. When yeah. I have the brain power to read it. Yeah, I hear you. What are you reading? I am currently reading Addie as well. Um, I think I'm about 30% of the way through that one. I'm really enjoying it. Um, but it's something that requires a little bit more brain power. It is. And I just finished the third book of the Shades of Magic series. Ooh, and... Oh, and... it was so good. It was really, really fun. Four stars. Um, yeah. Really entertaining. So then when I finished that one, I picked up Where Dreams Descend from uh, Janella Angelis. Sure. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. That's what it, uh, yeah. Um, anyways, it's kind of like a Phantom of the Opera type retelling from what I can tell. And it's really, really fun. Only about like 10, 15 pages in. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that sounds fun. Also, I love how they're like... the. Life of Addie LaRue is, like, black, and then the one underneath it is red, and then there's, like, the gold writing on both of them. Yeah. It looks very pretty. They're both really pretty books, which I appreciate. So today I will be reviewing Three Dark Crowns, um, and then we'll also be reviewing later on Red Queen. Three Dark Crowns by Kander Blake is the first one in a series that she has going. Um, and kind of the book description of it is when kingdom come, there will be one in every generation on the island of Fenburn, a set of triplets is born, three queens, all equal heirs to the crown and each a possessor of a coveted kind of magic. Um, Mirabella is a fierce elemental able to spark hungry flames or vicious storms at the snap of her fingers. Catherine is a poisoner, one who can ingest the deadliest poisons without so much as a stomach ache. Arsinoe, a naturalist, is said to have the ability to bloom the reddest rose and control the fiercest of lions. But becoming the queen crowned isn't solely a matter of royal birth. Each sister has to fight for it, and it's not a game of win or lose. It's life and death. So when these girls turn 16, they kind of get tossed together at a big party, and then they show off to each other all of their powers. And then after that party, they have one year to kill one another, until that same day on the next year. Jeez. Right? Sounds intense. <laughs> Ooh, 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I really had some fun with it. I would definitely say, um, because I read Three Dark Crowns, and then the second to it is One Dark Throne, and there's another two books after that. Three Dark Crowns is kind of in, like, the world of prequels, from what the feeling was. Um, you get to be in all three girls' views. Okay. Uh, so it takes, like, kind of a while to get things moving. The first, like, 75% of the book is you just being introduced to, like, this giant cast of characters, because each girl has, like, ten people that are important to her. Oh my god. (laughs) So it took me a long time to figure out who was who and what was going on and all of the stuff and things. Um, yeah, so it, it was kind of a bit of a while. I kind of feel like Three Dark Crowns and One Dark Throne should have been put into the same book, because One Dark Throne is all of the action, and then Three Dark Crowns is kind of all of the prelude and, like, build up. Makes sense. So, like, if they were just kind of mushed together, because like, these books aren't huge. They're only, like, 300, 400 pages. Oh, that's, that's so they're, like, bad. quite quite little compared to, like, all of our 800-page books right now. <laughs> our epic fantasy books. Right? Um, so I kind of felt like if we just smushed them together, everyone would be a lot happier about it because most of the action in the first book is only, like, the last 15% of the book, which is pretty usual for the first one. But I really enjoyed, it was just kind of like a fun writing. It's definitely a darker fantasy. These girls are trying to kill each other. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So Arsinoe is the one who's like all naturally and like blooms stuff and whatnot. She has some issues with that though, which we find out later on why. And it's kind of a nice little twist of fate. Um, And then Mirabella is the one that does all the elemental magics. That sounds like fun. She's kind of like the princessy one like the um the church actually plays a big part in this series too and the church really supports and has raised mirabella she's also the prettiest and like the most powerful by all the you know all of the way that they judge things yeah so everyone's kind of like favorite yeah thinking that she's gonna go for it and then Catherine is what they see as kind of the weaker one she's been i guess so she's the poisoner but these gifts don't always come into fruition right off the bat. So she's at 16 years old and she's been poisoned, like, by small amounts of different kinds of poisons through her whole life up to now as she's being raised. That's not twisted at all. Right? So she's like, you know, you grow a tolerance for things, but she doesn't have the gift yet right, okay. in this book. And uh, so you kind of, like, she's weak because she's constantly being sickened by the food that she's ingesting. And, like, they describe things like the berries that she's eating, but they're all, like, the poisonous berries with, like, sugar icing on stuff. And, like, all of the poisoners around her and whatnot, they frowned upon, like, non-poison food. Yeah. But my favorite thing about Catherine is that she has a pet snake. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that is a very fitting pet for a poisoner. Right? Um, and then the the lady who raises Catherine has, like, a black mamba snake as a pet. Your spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed kind of being able to see the view in all three girls. I kind of feel like it was a little bit easy to lose track of what the hell was going on because of it because there's just so many characters at the start um one dark throne i really enjoyed 
I think I gave that uh, four stars. Um, whereas Three Dark Crowns is only three. Like, it's a good book. It's a good introduction, but it's not, like, anything exquisite by yes. itself. It sounds like there's, like, a lot of world building in there. There is a, a lot, lot of, of world building. Um, and these girls, it's all on the island of Fenburn. And then about, like, partway through, you learn that there's also this, like, whole other, like, mainland is what they call it. And then that's where they get boys to come and court the women. Because once one sister kills her other two sisters, they get a boyfriend out of it. Well, the king consort is what they call it. Of course they do. Yeah. Let's be born girls with a boy. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, up until that point, like, it was quite, like, anti-patriarchal. And, like, still, when the king consorts come in, they don't actually really get any power. The queens keep all the power until they give birth to another pair of triplets. Once the queen gives birth to a pair of triplets, she's basically just shipped out on the ship and says, bye! Yeah. Wow. It's, like, a pretty intricate, like, world. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, I think. There's not a whole bunch of negative things in the book other than, you know, it, it is quite prequel-like in the fact that it's just, like, a really long introduction. And, yeah, I have two Dark Reigns and five Dark Fates on my TBR list. So How I'll many books up. is in the series? Four books and then one, like, tiny itty-bitty prequel type thing about, I think it's, like, 30 years before the series is set or something like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so... I, I would say it's a good book. I like kind of the different personalities and things that you see in all three sisters. Awesome. How's the, like, how's the writing style? Uh, it's simple but good. Like, it's not overly flourishing. I didn't find that there's too many, like, info dumps, which I appreciated. Um, it's not, it's not anything spectacular, though. Awesome. Well, I might have to put that on my TBR then. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would recommend it. Okay. And they're nice and little. <laughs> Perfect. Easy to eat little reads. That will yeah. take me a long time. Yeah. Without a whole... Okay. Do we want to get into Red Queen? Hmm. <laughs> yes, we have to. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so, um, for those of you who don't know or haven't heard of Red Queen, which at this point I would be surprised if you hadn't, because it is, I'll say it's a well-known book, whether you've read read it or you haven't, Mm -hmm. um, it's like a pretty, pretty popular YA novel. Yeah. Um, so what's like a YA sort of fantasy dystopian is like the best way I can describe it mm-hmm. um a novel by Victoria Ave Aveyard I think so yeah Aveyard okay, so it's a um YA fantasy sort of dystopian novel um it's like the best way I can describe it um by Victoria Aveyard it was published in 2015 so it's it's fairly new mm-hmm. um it is the first book in the Red Queen series. There's four books to it, four main books. Yeah. And then there's four sort 
sort of like a mini series. I'm not entirely sure if they're like prequels or if they're like in between. Uh, but there's like the four main series and then there's sort of like a spin-off series, which I'm not sure how they got three more books out of this, let alone four more other books. I don't even know. Kind of um shows you how much I like this book right mm-hmm. there. Um, so basically the story of <laughs> Red Queen is the main character, Mare, Bur- Mare Barrows, which I think sounds a whole lot like bone marrow, and I think it's hilarious, um, because they live in a world that's divided by blood. Uh, so there's the elite and powerful Silvers and the Red Servants. Uh, Mare is a Red, big surprise. Um, who ends up serving in the royal palace um, and who through a, tr- through a twist of fate uh, discovers that she has silver abilities. Basically, they're like superpowers. Yeah. Um, to hide this impossibility, the king proclaims her as a lost silver princess and betroths her to his own son. Uh, while she's pulled into the silver world, she risks her position as well as her life to aid the Scarlet Guard, which is a rebellion group that has started in order to overthrow the Silver Rule. Um, So if you're thinking this sounds familiar, you're right, because this book is basically like the love child of the Selection series, uh, The Hunger Games, and Red Rising. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like it sounds familiar, that's why. Yeah. Um, Guys, I did not like this book. This book is going to get me some haters if my review for Crescent City already hasn't done that. Yeah. Yeah, this is the third episode. I'm off to a great start. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I didn't enjoy this book. I actually de-enacted it. I did not finish it, um, which is the first time in a long time I have not finished a book. Um, I, I did try. I tried really hard. <laughs> I know there were a few times we were talking about it. I'm like... I really don't want to read anymore, but, like, I'm stubborn, <laughs> you trying so to, like, I'm trying. Grit, grit down and bear it, and, yeah, I, like, I could, I could hear your pain in just the text messages that you were sending me. You're like, so I'm trying to read Red Queen. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I tried, guys. I really tried. It just, it, it didn't happen. No. Um, the characters, I didn't like any of them. Mare annoyed me a lot. I was going to use a different word for that. Uh, but there's like no redeemable qualities about her. Uh, she was indecisive. She was whiny. She was mm-hmm. super whiny. It annoyed me so much. Um, and I also found she was quite selfish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which like, I mean, I can, I can sort of see where she's coming from, like the world that she lives in. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you have, like, all these negative things to say. Like, go do something about it. Yeah. Um, I didn't like Evangeline. <laughs> um, so Evangeline is, she's a silver who Mare meets. Um, and pardon my language, but she is a full-on bitch. Yeah. And, which is, like, being a bitch is fine in a story. But the thing that got me about Evangeline was she had absolutely no reason to be. No. At least not in this book. Maybe maybe there's an arc later on where, you know, you find out why she's so mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
yeah, in this book, like, absolutely no reason. Um, which, I don't know, I'm, I didn't really enjoy. Like, I'm fine if you're, you know, you know, not a great character or you're not a great person, but at least with, like, the characters I've read who are like that so far, they have a very clear reason why they are that way. Yeah. They, and it makes them more believable. They have redeemable qualities, too. That, too. Oftentimes. Whereas this one just kind of was, like, a mean girl. Yeah. she. That's exactly what she was. She's like those mean girls at school who who think they're so popular but are just mean to everyone else for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um... Maven, I also didn't like, which you told me what happens at the end, so I'm like, I knew I didn't like him for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he he's just so perfect, but not in a good way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all all the other characters just sort of fell flat for me. Like, they they weren't round characters at all. They were quite shallow and... Yeah, they were just quite shallow, shallow and... Yeah. Not round. They're quite Um, As far as, like, the story and the plot goes, I found it pretty predictable. Um, And I'm going to say it was unoriginal. It was, like, it was somewhat original. But, like I said before, it was, like, a mashup of, like, different stories that I'd already read. Yeah. Um, There are very few surprises. I found the world super confusing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, like I said, it's, like, sort of set in a fantasy world where they're having, like, arena fights and, like, monarchy and, like, all that sort of, like, fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy, like, what we think as fantasy. Um, But then there's also, like, airplanes and, like, electricity. Yeah. And, yeah, it was just, like, a super weird mashup of the two worlds. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I found, like, they did focus more on sort of, like, the fantasy aspect. So then when they brought in things like airplanes and bombings, I was like, what? <laughs> what? That yeah, just sort of, like, caught me off guard. Yeah, just kind of picking picking and choosing what she liked about different eras and just kind of mashing together. But no real as- explanation as to no. why no. it's like this. Um, which, I mean, I do get it's a YA novel, so it's not going to be as in depth as like some of the adult fantasy but like I feel like a little bit would have yeah. been helpful. Yeah. Um and then otherwise yeah it was just uninteresting. Like I felt like like I had read it before. Um there's a scene and I won't go too much into detail for those of you who haven't read it and actually, you know, want to finish it. Um there's a scene where Farley, who's the rebellion leader uh, tells Merritt that she'll work as the face of the revolution. Mm-hmm. And I read that scene, I'm like, this sounds a whole lot like President Co- President Coyne telling Katniss to be the Mockingjay. Yeah. And then there's another scene, not even, like, a full page later, which I'm actually going to read a direct quote from because I read it and, like... <laughs> Angry texted me right <laughs> after it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, hold on, I'm just going to find it here. Okay. So, like, direct quote from the book. Liberty moved in arcs, rising and falling with the tide of time. Revolution needs a spark, I murmur, repeating what Julian would say in our lessons. And even sparks burn. Yeah. Girl, that sounds a whole lot like fire is catching, and if we burn, you burn with us. Yep. 
So I think actually like a few pages after that was a point where I'm like, no, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, that was pretty much what I thought of this book. Mm-hmm. The only redeemable quality uh, that I found this book had was the writing. Yeah. It wasn't great by any means. <laughs> um, it wasn't beautiful. It wasn't fancy, but it was. It was easy to read. It was easy to sort of like follow along and like see where the plot was going. Um, yeah, that was that was sort of the only thing I somewhat enjoyed about this book. Yeah. Um, I give it a one star. I'm not sure what you gave Me it. Me too. Yeah, I gave this book a one star as well. Um, one of the biggest selling things when they were just selling like quotes of this, they said, where Gracing meets the selection. No, this is like a, like a fever dream about Hunger Games and the selection. And, uh, I was not very impressed. The covers for these books are beautiful. I was really hoping that the insides would match. Because, like, the crown is there, and then, like, you can actually, like, feel the blood that's coming down from it, and it's beautiful. And it's on, like, this ice blue background. I really enjoy that. And then it sounded really promising. Like, it did. It really, I thought that this was going to be really good. I was really excited for it. And I just got really disappointed the more I read through it. Um, for me, the writing was kind of a miss. I found it was really heavy on the descriptions and the comparisons and the flourishes about those things. This is true. You know, um, sometimes you don't need to be quite so obvious. I think a lot of the imagery that she used was really repetitive within the same paragraph. You really feel Mare's angst. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. She she really, really is angsty. Um, it was also a little bit melodramatic. Like, it, it really felt like 13-year-old child. Like, very melodramatic, very repetitive. Um, there's a love triangle between two brothers and her. Uh, I don't love it. And I also don't love, like, the love triangle was formed because of one of them was, like, an insta-love. And for me, those aren't really warranted. No. Like, insta-love, it just doesn't feel really, really realistic. Um, and, yeah, I was not very impressed by that. Um, the other things for me, like what you said, was really just, she's the lightning girl, fire is catching, there's red imagery, if, you know, if you burn, we burn with us, red, like, it, it was just very, very reminiscent of the Hunger Games for me. Um, in a way that didn't improve the book. For it sure. would have been something else, like, if it was improving the book um, and changing the things, but it, it really didn't make a big difference. And it would have also been different if she decided to actually take up the cause and stuck to it. Mare is so indecisive about everything, and she's quite irrational and inconsistent with things as well. Um yeah. So it kind of feels like, oh, well, she chooses to make this big life-changing decision and then not even a paragraph later, she's going back on it and thinking, well, I don't really like this. I don't really know if this is right. I don't want to take responsibility for this. 
my actions really is what she's saying. I don't want to take responsibility for my actions that kill people. So like that just for me, she's not a great character. She's just very flat. Yeah. She's just very self-centered and quite whiny about how things are done and even the things that she chooses to do, which for me is kind of where she lost any interest I had in her. Totally. Um, another, I, I was reading actually some other reviews and one person said, she's one of those special snowflakes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I thought, well, that kind of sums it up. That totally sums it up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I did actually finish this book. And yeah, I kind of wish I had read something else. You know, which I'm kind of disappointed about. <laughs> okay, well, that kind of answers my question. But um, would you recommend it? No. One star... It is a book, and I appreciate that she spent time and wrote it. But I would not recommend anyone to pick up this book, even though it is very pretty. <laughs> That's its redeemable quality for me, is the fact that the cover is very pretty. But well, yeah. I mean, that's something, at least. Yeah. As a pretty so, cover. It does. And it does. It's very pretty. But yeah. That's about it. That that's, I, that's all I can say. It's not. There's not such much in that book to be in depth about, unfortunately. No, there's really not. And it's it's a fairly long book too. Like it's it's not small. It's not huge, no. but it's three hundred and eighty-eight pages. So it's yeah. a it's a decent size. So I do not have much to say about that. <laughs> For four hours of reading, yeah, could read something else. Alright, so we're going to do our weekly game of Reader Would You Rather. Um, so, Lena, would you rather only read romance or nonfiction for the rest of your life? Oof. Nonfiction. Why? Uh, because I feel like at least it would be more entertaining and there's more variety in it than romance. Is this true? Romance is just kind of like a lot of the same and there's not really much depth in it. <laughs> so yeah, nonfiction. Okay, that was pretty easy. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. I figured I, I owed you an easy one after last week. Thank you. Asia, would you rather have the Percy Jackson and the Olympians oh, no. movies done correctly or the Aragon and the Inheritance series done correctly? Oh, um, okay. Oh. The thing is that there's actually movies out on both of them. Exactly. Um, and they're both horrible. <laughs> but to have, let's say, okay. they're redone from scratch... With, like... Oh, that changes my answer, then. Okay. With, like, the good, you know, like, the TV series. Um... I'd rather have Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, as, as much as I love Aragon and the Inheritance Cycle, like, 
Percy Jackson and the Olympian was like, it's still one of my all-time favorite book series. And that brings us to the end of our episode. Stay tuned next week. We'll be doing the adult fantasy books, Deadly Education, and The Ones in Future Witches. Um, just remember to keep on commenting and liking both down below and on Instagram. You can also check out our full written reviews on Goodreads if you're interested in doing that. Um, also, let us know what you think of the books we review as well. So Red Queen, uh, Crescent City, all of the books we've done. We'd love hearing your guys' opinions as well if you've read the books. Um, other than that... I guess until next time, keep reading. And stay scribbly. Mm-hmm.